Hi there, and welcome to the C10 Podcast, where we mainly talk about leadership and mentoring in 10 questions with changemakers, mostly with ties to the Kansas City area. This is all part of the C of the Major Leagues Foundation, and specifically a tie-in to our C10 Mentoring and Leadership Program. I'm Matt Folks, Executive Director of C of the Major Leagues and usual host of this podcast. I'm honored that you've chosen to listen this week. Thank you so much. Now, let's get into this week's conversation. This is episode 135 of the C10 Podcast, and as we've been doing throughout this year, we're pleased to be joined by C of the Major League's founder and board chair, Dayton Moore. And, you know, Dayton, I was reminded on Facebook last week that it's been a year, uh, as of last week, it was a year that uh, you were let go by the Royals. It brought back a lot of memories as I was reading through what I wrote back then, but it's hard to believe it's been a whole year now. You know, actually, I, I didn't even realize it. Uh, somebody, no, somebody had said something to me that, you know, you, you know, a couple of days ago was your, the year anniversary of you being let go by the Kansas City Royals. And, and honestly, I mean, it, it didn't even didn't even register with me. Uh, um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, when when you're, you know, thinking about an organization, a team. Uh, every day for over 16 years, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're uh, relieved of of your leadership duties. Um, you know, it is a it is a challenge. It is uh, you know something that uh, you have to to get used to. But um, you know, you know, we've we're moving on uh, in a very I think uh, positive way. And um, I, I I follow the team. I pay attention to what the team is doing, and it's been. You know, they, as I've said many times, I mean, they, they've got talent on the field and the talent's going to continue to get better, uh, as they move forward. Um, so, um, you know, it, it's been, uh, I'm glad to see what Bobby Wood Jr. is doing. Um, you know, so that's, um, he's a terrific player, as you know. And of course, I had a chance to, to go back for Ned Yost's Hall of Fame induction. I was honored to be able to induct him into the Royals Hall of Fame. Um, that was special. Uh, that's one of the highlights of my baseball life, uh, being able to be there for him and to take part in that ceremony. Of course, I was able to see a lot of players and people that I hadn't seen in a while, and um, and so that's that's great. I mean, baseball is such a, a small fraternity, as we all know, and you pay attention to what each other's doing, but you oftentimes don't have a chance to interact with them as much as you'd like. And certainly, you know, um, you know, getting back there and being able to to spend time with 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 some of those guys was uh, was really rewarding. And we'll we'll come back to that and and come back to the anniversary but as you mentioned Bobby Witt and just the way these guys are playing and I mean obviously the Rangers had a really good weekend against the Mariners but uh the Royals had a pretty good stretch yeah, against they the Astros well, they, they picked out. us up. Yeah, we we went into the the week maybe a, a game behind mm-hmm. Houston. Yeah. And, um, you know, we swept Seattle. The Royals swept Houston. The Royals have played great against Houston all year. And, and uh, we've had our challenges with, with the Astros for whatever reason. But um, anyway, it was good. I mean, they, they helped us. And, and our guys did what, you know, they've been doing pretty much the whole year and figuring out ways to win baseball games. And, uh, of course, the offense came alive big. And uh, we got solid starting pitching. And the bullpen was very good. Maybe it's an age-old mystery of how does that work, though, where, like you said, I mean, the Royals took, I think, uh, five of six from Seattle, or from Houston this year. 
the Rangers struggled against you. I mean, how does that work? You know, it's you know? hard. You know, so much in baseball is not who you play, but it's when you play them. The general health of the team mm-hmm. uh, has an impact on how they're performing, of course. And, you know, baseball players go through ups and downs, and sometimes they're performing at a peak level, and the other times, you know, they they can't seem to, to execute offensively, defensively, certain, you know, on the mound, execute pitches. And it's uh, it's just a very hard game to perfect. And the margins are very, very small. And and as I've said many times, um, you have to do a lot of things well to win a Major League Baseball game. If you have a letdown in any one area, you're probably going to lose the game. And, uh, you know, for whatever reason, the Astros have, have a losing record at home, which just blows me away, really. But, um, you know, baseball is just an unpredictable game. It, it's very difficult. It's not like the other sports where, you know, you can match up and line up and, and um, you know, you, you pretty much have pretty good certainty going in to the game, who's going to win. And when you look at football and some of the other sports, but in baseball, it's just always been, you know, just very unpredictable. How exciting is it for you to be in this pennant chase right now? No, it's great. It's, it's really, uh, it's really been special. Uh, of course, being in this role, I've never been in this role and in this you know, in this situation, in this role rather, and uh, to be able to you know just to, to lock in with uh, Chris Young, the general manager of the Rangers, and um, just to, you know be with him every step of the way this year has been really really rewarding, and um, you know it's it's allowed me to focus primarily just with him and the major league team. And, and spend more time with my family, you know, and be, be present at home. Uh, I've, I've been traveling quite a bit, mm-hmm. more than I have in years, truthfully. But um, uh, nonetheless, when I am home, uh, I, I get an opportunity to to be present. And you're not overseeing multiple departments and 250-plus employees. And, you know, I'm just really kind of dealing with one person, and that's Chris Young. So I mentioned the anniversary, but... As you think about working with CY and what you've what you've learned about yourself just through that, what have what have you learned about yourself over this last year? Well, just you know, a lot of things just confirming a lot of things. You know, the importance of your family, being present when you're home. You know, those are things that I always talked about. You know, one of the things I would always tell our employees is figure out how much time it takes for you to be the the best husband and father that you can possibly be. And again, I'm working in more of a male dominant you know, uh, profession, uh, but figure out how much time it takes for you to be the best husband and father that you can be, and then just give the Royals everything else. And so, and, um, you know, that's what I always tried to do, but, you know, it was, it was, as, it wasn't as easy to be present at home. You, you, it was hard to turn it off and not that you completely turn it off in this role, but, you know, again, I'm able to, to, um, you know, I just kind of answer the phone when Chris Young calls mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, and so, it's uh, I've been able to be more present at home and uh, spend more time, you know, with with the family. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to to doing some travel you know, this November. Marianne and I are meeting our our oldest daughter, Ashley, in Israel uh, for the fourth time. We're getting a chance to to go spend time in the Holy Land. Uh, and we've got some exciting things that we're looking to do uh, as a family there in the future and uh, which should be happy to talk about once it becomes, you know, um, you know, more, I guess, planned out and, and what have you. But um, anyway, so those are things that normally I wouldn't get a chance to do. 
so it's it's been it's been good. Well, and you and I talked. It was it was about a year ago. Now we talked about this. That one positive out of this is you were going to have a chance to watch Robert yeah. throughout the year. Yeah, and I had a chance to watch him play about thirty baseball games live, and nice. and spend time with him, and and uh, that's. You know, he's my favorite player of all time. So <laughs> being able to watch him play is really rewarding. All right. You mentioned Ned and the, the Hall of Fame induction. And was it strange first off just walking into the stadium? You know, actually it wasn't. I, really? I thought it might be. But, you know, as soon as I entered the hallway and I saw so many people and they were so so kind to me and um, uh, it, it just felt like old times. Mm. And uh you know, I was, uh, it, I, I didn't really know what to expect or how I'd feel, but again, people were so kind to me from ushers to the security people to fans, um, certainly a lot of the employees, um, that weren't in baseball operations would, that I spend a lot of time with. I didn't go inside the clubhouse, a little bit in the dugout, uh, and, um, you know, the batting cage area and, Saw some of the coaches uh, that uh, you know I've had relationships with in the past, and and many of the players, um, and so it was fun. It was good. It was. It was. In, but we had a we had a dinner the night before. Uh, Ned had a dinner and invited Marianne and myself, and of course a lot of our our players that had returned were there as well, and so be able to catch up with them and and their wives and and. Uh, be able to learn about how their families are growing and, and maturing. And it's, uh, it's, it, that was, that was great. Kind of a proud dad moment. It was awesome. Yeah. It was really good to, to be with those guys. What type of memories just came back for you with, with Ned and the relationship that, that you guys had? Well, just how, you know, important it was to a reminder of, to work together. And, you know, I think that's one of the things that we did so well, um, there wasn't a day that I experienced where I ever felt any insecurity about, you know, Ned and I not partnering and being on the same page. And that doesn't mean to say that, you know, we didn't have different opinions at times because we did. And we challenged each other on those opinions. And But there was never a, a doubt that we were in this thing together. And, you know, that's how you win championships. You win championships with unity, togetherness, uh you know, putting others first in your journey, and um, and that's what leadership is is all about. Uh, it's you know, if you want the privilege to lead, as I've said many many times, uh, you've got to you got to sacrifice for the good of other people and, and put others first, and you've got to want the exact same thing for uh, other people's children as you want for your own, and other people's families as you want you know for your own, and um, being able to you know. Uh, again, just put others first in your daily journey and figure out, try to figure out what they're going through, what they're experiencing and, and, and be able to, to help the best leaders. I've always felt uh, work hard to create pathways for relationships to thrive. They're peacemakers. They're willing to disadvantage themselves for the good of others. And, and, uh, and they're not credit takers. I mean, just so many things that we, we talk about, but they're simple principles. And, and that's what it reminded me of. You know, th- those are the things that we did on a daily basis. And uh, were we perfect? No, I'm not going to sit here and say we were perfect. But I can, I can honestly tell you there wasn't a day where I thought Ned was trying to take credit. And, um, you know, hopefully there wasn't a day in my journey that I was t- trying to take credit. And we were just working together to make each other better. You knew him in Atlanta, mm-hmm. worked with him then. 
And then obviously he was more of an advisory type role before he became manager. How much did those two things help as he became manager? Well, you know, when I first uh, I joined the Atlanta Braves in 1994, um, but I came into the office in the fall of 96. And that's where I had a chance to kind of observe Ned a little bit from a distance and then spend a little more time with him in the next year or two, uh, just watching him coach, watching him interact with people. Um, very rarely did I get one-on-one time with him, but, uh, when I did, it was, it was, uh, it was upbeat. Uh, it was meaningful. You know, I could tell Ned had a naturalness to him, uh, as a leader. And, uh, again, just great energy, optimistic, and, you know, just a lot of, you know, positive traits. And so, uh, and then watching him from a distance when he went over to Milwaukee and, you know, seeing him in spring training and what in that relationship began to form a little bit. Uh, I pulled for him. We had a lot of the same mentors mm. in life, uh, from a professional standpoint. So I felt like we were cut out of the same cloth. And so, you know, when, I remember the day he got let go. I texted him right away. He got back to me. We agreed to speak, uh, you know, once the season was over, we did. And of course he wanted to manage again. Uh, and it, there wasn't an opportunity for him. He was uh, given an opportunity to be a bench coach and join some other major league coaching staffs. And, you know, he, he wasn't ready to do that. Mm-hmm. And then, so I said, look, Ned, I said, if we get through the first of the year and you're still unemployed as, as a, as a manager, I'd like for you to consider coming over here as a special advisor. And he said he'd think about it. And, and, um, you know, he did. And mm-hmm. so again, we, he, we worked, um, very closely, you know, um, the next four months and, then uh, we felt we needed to make a change, uh, you know, with Trey Hillman and uh, Ned was uh, was the obvious choice. We took off from there. Was he similar to Bobby Cox? Yeah, in some ways. I think the intensity, the competitiveness, absolutely. You know, I mean, I didn't obviously work with Bobby in the mm-hmm. same role, but I mean, I admired Bobby Cox um, with his ability just to to bring people in and, and to make people feel important and feel good about, you know, their role with the organization. And, you know, Bobby kept things very, very simple, but he was a, a great competitor. And Ned Yost is, you know, the best competitor that I've ever worked with. This is J.R. Buckner, President and CEO of First Federal Bank of Kansas City. We hope you're enjoying this week's conversation. For this week's Student Spotlight, I'd like you to meet one of the students in our C10 Mentoring and Leadership Program. Hi, my name is Noah Evans from Lincoln College Prep. C10 is making an impact on my life by building my speaking skills in front of large groups and also my leadership skills. First Federal Bank of Kansas City is proud to make a donation this week to the Post High School Scholarship Fund for seniors in the C10 Mentoring and Leadership Program. If you'd like to join us in this effort to give our future leaders an opportunity after high school, please click on the link in the show's notes. Now back to this week's conversation. About uh, 10 days ago or so, 14 days ago, something like that, we had the coach with character and their wives or their spouses uh, at at your house. You and Marianne hosted it. And how cool is that? That's a great event. You know, that's a great event. We, We'd always spend time with them at the stadium. And, uh, as you know, we would bring the coaches in. We'd kind of have a round table and, and get a chance to pick their brain and, and share their, their stories and their interactions with player or with their students and their, and their players. And then uh, we'd have an event at, um, 
at Kauffman Stadium and they would be introduced on the field. And mm-hmm. last year we were going to have them over at the house and, and uh, we didn't get a chance to do that. But so this year, you know, to be able to sit down with, you know, the coaches and their spouses and have dinner together and just spend a, a wonderful evening, you know, at the house and and share again about, you know, the things that they deal with. And I'm just, I think we're all just so appreciative of our coaches and, you know, the leadership that they provide. It's a, it's a very difficult uh, profession, but, uh, you know, we all agreed that as much as we all loved playing our desired sport and, uh, and it was so much fun playing and having teammates and competing and, and, uh, there's nothing like being a coach and serving players and making them better. You get so much more out of that than you did playing. And it's, it's so fulfilling. I've never ran into a coach that didn't uh, reiterate that, that how much fun that, you know, it, it's, it was so much fun playing, but nothing beats coaching and coming alongside their, their players and helping them, you know, grow through life. So two really cool things from that night to me. We gathered around a fire pit and talked, and they shared some of the struggles they're going through. They shared some of their triumphs that they've had with students and whatnot. And so it was really cool to hear that. But what was neat to me was to hear, you know, there are three or four people not, you know, with Blue KC and whatnot that started talking about coaches who have impacted them. And to hear that was was really neat, and I think it was impactful. It seemed, at least, to the coaches to hear that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, look, anytime you can get, you know, coaches together and and uh, you know to be vulnerable and share things that they're going through, and we all draw strength from that. You know, Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Kansas City is has been so supportive of this program, and mm-hmm. and we're thankful that they're great supporters of our C in the Major Leagues Foundation. And you know, there's there's ways. I mean, you and I were talking the other day ways that we can improve upon our coaches with character uh, event. And we're looking forward to continue to host the coaches in the future and, and, uh, developing those relationships and just really encouraging them. And because they, you know, they inspire so many of us, but, um, it, it takes, uh, it can be a burden. And, um, you know, we, we want to make sure that they're, they're appreciated. We need them. Um, you and I have said many, many times that, uh, you know, the strength of our teams and, uh, the strength of, you know, our, our community and our country and our future, it's traced right back to the strength of the family. And, and I, I can't think of anybody that helps strengthen the family than, than coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're a big part of uh, being able to strengthen, you know, the family and pour into, you know, their players to, to be a, a positive impact on their family. And, um, you know, so, you know, we're, we're looking forward to continuing that relationship and, um, you know, seeing how we can continue to encourage him. The irony in that family piece is that sometimes the coaches are, are away during season so much that their families yeah. can take a back seat. And, yeah. and the other cool thing that night was, uh, I think it was Reggie Morris's wife spoke up at first about the spouses yeah. who were there. Yeah. And it's, uh, because they, they feel it. I mean, they, they feel the, the struggles. And, um, you know, some of the pressure that, um, you know, their husbands or, or wives feel in this case, you know, with, um, that are coaching, um, you know, they're, they're trying to manage, um, you know, players and, and all the pressure that they have. 
and um, you know they've got pressure from the administration they've got pressure from outside sources and and to have you know that support at home is is so crucial i mean i i can tell you i mean the most successful and consistent employees that we ever had whether it be in atlanta or or Kansas City and now in Texas, I mean, one of the things that they have in common is they have great support at home from their spouse. And they understand that, uh, you know, it's a, it's a struggle and it's a, it's a team effort. Mm-hmm. It's truly a, I tell people all the time, marriage, I tell athletes and in, in, in the past and a lot of our players that, you know, marriage is the greatest team that you've ever been on, not even close. There's nothing that compares to it. it. It's the it's the greatest team that you've ever been on every single day, mm-hmm. and um, and use the, the your, your, use baseball, use sports as a platform to grow you as a leader to help you understand that, put that in perspective, um, because there's certain fundamentals that make relationships work, and um, you know your marriage, your team at home is is the most important one. Your spouse is the only person that you, for the most part, that you choose to love. I mean, your parents, you, you love them and they're your parents. Your kids, you love them and they're your kids and whatnot. But your spouse is the one that you choose to love and vice versa. Yeah, well, it's, uh, I'm not a marriage counselor. I'm not a, um, you know, a pastor or anybody really qualified to give marriage advice. But um, I have been asked the question from time to time about, you know, what was the best thing you did raising your children? Um, and as you know, we have three. We have uh, 27, 24, and 21. They're, they're out of the house at this point. But um, I tell people all the time, the best thing you can do for your kids is work hard every day to keep your marriage strong. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's not going to be perfect, but do everything you can to keep your marriage strong. And then finally, Dayton, one thing that I don't think we've had a chance to talk about, but also at your house four weeks, three weeks before the coaches, we had our new C10 students there mm-hmm. and their families and what a great their group. mentors. Yeah, great. You guys did a great job selecting the students. And I know that's not easy. And, uh, you know, it's getting more and more competitive mm-hmm. um, to be a part of, you know, the C10 mentoring program. And But uh, it was it was a great night with the students and and their, you know, parents or guardians that uh, were able to make it. And uh, it's just fun to begin that journey. So if you want to learn more about that, you can go to cuinthemajorleagues.org. There's a link in the show's notes, uh, but it's cuinthemajorleagues.org. Or you can just go C10 Mentoring. It's the, num- the letter C, the number 10, mentoring.com. And it'll take you to that page as well. And you can see more about that and coach with character and all that. But uh Dayton, the next time we talk will probably be after the postseason Let's at go. some point. So good luck fun. with that. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Hopefully we can close it out this week and and uh, make a, a World Series run in uh, in Texas. Texas Same. never won a World Series. Really? Never won a World Series. Texas Rangers. And so um, it's going to be special when that happens, and maybe it'll be this year. be cool. Thanks, Dayton. Okay, thanks. Well, that does it for this episode of the C10 Mentoring Leadership Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, we hope that you'll leave a favorable review on your favorite podcast platform. If you didn't enjoy it or you have other comments or suggestions for potential guests, you can click on the comment link in the show's notes. 
We drop a new episode at the end of every week, but be sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an interview. And if you or your company would like to help underwrite this podcast, let me know. Until next time, this is Matt Folks for the CU and the Major Leagues Foundation saying be safe and take care.